0: and Peter Schweizer, who deserves a Medal of Freedom, in my view.
2: This is The Drill Down with Peter Schweizer.
0: Hi, this is Peter Schweitzer. Welcome to The Drill Down, where we relentlessly expose cronyism, corruption, and the abuse of power in Washington, D.C. My co-host is always Eric Eggers. Eric, how are you?
2: I'm so terrific, Peter. And judging <laughs> so by terrific. judging, Well, I just wanted to accentuate how much better than you sound I am today.
0: Well, that's right. I, I am getting over yet another bout with COVID, um, but um, hopefully the audience will bear with us. Because we've got a great guest today. Um, Congressman Frank Wolf uh, has been in Congress for 30 something years. He has been a consistent voice for religious liberty and freedom and human rights in China. And we're going to talk about a very bold declaration uh, that he was involved in putting forward, which is calling for a ban on all lobbying by former members of Congress for Chinese companies.
2: Yeah, I think we have to put this into an important context. I'm very excited to talk to Congressman Wolf today, and I think everyone that's listening to this podcast will, at the end of this, be like, wow, that guy's legit, and we learned a lot of stuff. uh, Because just in a little bit, I've spoken with him and a little bit of research I've done about him, uh, I already have learned a lot of stuff. This is a guy who's been calling... He's been basically – he's had China's number for 25 years. He's been trying to revoke their most favored nation status because of their track record of human rights abuses. And so this U.S. Commission on International Religious Freedom has a new report out in which those human rights abuses and I think the ways in which they restrict religious freedoms are exposed in a way unlike they have been before. And and your point would be, yes, so China's track record on human rights, China's track record on international freedoms is bad. And that's one of the reasons why anybody that then represents their commercial interest in the halls of power in Washington, D.C., that should be a no-no.
0: That's exactly right. And that's the point of, that Congressman Wolf has taken. Congressman, thanks so much for joining us. So we appreciate you being here with us.
1: Thank you, Peter. Glad to be with you.
0: So uh, Congressman Wolf, I mean, this is a pretty declarative statement by the U.S. Commission on International Religious Freedom. Uh, you're involved in this. In fact, you were involved in setting it up. But specifically, you urge, quote, the Biden administration and Congress to ban lobbying groups and law firms from representing the Chinese government and its interests. That's pretty bold. Tell us why you and the commission came to this conclusion.
1: Well, I would say the conclusion is bipartisan, too. It's not just Republicans. It's Republicans and, and Democrats. I'll try to be very, very concise. It bans all lobbying, former members, not former members, executive branch people, but all. Uh, during, during the Reagan administration, when I was first elected, no one in Washington would have ever represented the Soviet Union during the days of Ronald Reagan, nor would they have during, in all fairness, during the Kennedy administration or the Carter administration. And now what we see is things completely uh, out, out of control. The Catholic Church is under tremendous pressure. I mean, they have prosecuted cardinals and a 90-year-old cardinal in, in Hong Kong. There are a number of Catholic bishops. Uh, Bishop Su gave Holy Communion to a member of Congress. He's gone. He's never been seen again since. Tremendous persecution of the Protestant church. Many, many Protestant pastors are in jail. Churches have their crosses taken down and things like, like that. A number of individuals, there was a hearing last week of Gao Xingjiang and others, taken away, never, ever seen again. In, in Tibet, there is cultural geno- genocide. There is not genocide in the tr- uh, definition, but it's cultural. They have ripped down a lot of mosques. They have a the police department in every every Buddhist uh, 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 temple. Uh, several Buddhist monks have set themselves on fire. It's called self-immolation to to protest what what is going on. The Falun Gong is being persecuted. There are new reports out that they're harvesting their organs. And this is very brutal. We won't go into the detail. But they're harvesting their organs while they're still alive. Meaning once they take the organ out, they die. And it's been upward to 60,000. 60,000. And now we see genocide. And we, the latest report I saw, there's genocide and harvesting against Uyghur Muslims. But there's genocide, actual, meets the Raphael Lemkin definition, actual genocide, uh, against Uyghur, Uyghur Muslims. One million minimum in camps, sometimes two million. And if you look at the report on page 16, we talk about Vision. There are Vision, and you mentioned Vision in your book. You were one of the first persons to brought it out. vision has cameras. And I was at an event where there was a young Christian man who was in one of these camps. He said vision cameras are all over. vision has a lobbyist in Washington. In Hong Kong, I'm sure you've been in Hong Kong. It was a it was a center of freedom. Uh, uh, Joshua Wong, you may remember him. Jimmy Lai and and Martin Lee. Most of them are in jail. Joshua Wong's in jail. Last week they took down the Tiananmen Square uh, a statue that was there. Taiwan, Taiwan is under a direct threat. You know more about it than anybody. You know follow you follow it. Uh, Biden has said American servicemen may very well be involved in defending Taiwan. So if American servicemen are there, anything you do to help the Chinese Communist Party and the Chinese government is a direct threat to the American men and women who are in in in, in, in the military. We see, lastly, to wrap up, China aiding aiding Putin, aiding Russia in the absolute brutality in Ukraine. And there are so many other things. Uh, there's reports now that any reporter that takes a train or a plane to Xinjiang province they they track them down. They're harassing American companies. Uh, and there are 101 reporters in, in jail. So why anyone in Washington? And I was shocked when I read your 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 book about former Secretary of Defense Cohen. Cohen was a Republican congressman from Maine, Republican senator from Maine, Secretary of Def, uh, Defense in the Clinton administration. To have anyone like that representing China at this time is absolutely inappropriate. And I'm grateful that you, sir, which is, again, bipartisan, said there should be a total ban. No law. Well, the ban.
0: I, I think it's uh, I think it's a terrific call. And you're quite right. It's astonishing that you have com- companies like vision, which are used to monitor the domestic population in China. Orwellian, uh, by definition, actually have hired lobbyists in Washington, D.C., to, well, do, it,
2: to do what? Just out of curiosity,
0: it's basically to monitor the
2: situation. No, the, but like, the population. So, the, so, the lobbyists for Hike Vision in Washington D.C. are trying to normalize that as a practice. It, well,
0: yeah, Hike Vision is under pressure uh, to not be able to do business in the United States because okay. they're involved in these human rights violations. That's yes, that's pretty bad. <laughs> and they've hired a they've hired a lobbyist to do this. But but I want to go back, Congressman, to the comment you made earlier, which you're exactly right. I mean, whether it's the Carter administration, or Reagan administration, Kennedy, the notion that Somebody would lobby on behalf of the Soviet Union or lobby on behalf of an entity that was helping the Soviet Union expand its base of power is impossible to conceive. But that's happening now. What's happened to change the culture in Washington, D.C.? Is it as simple as China has more money than the Soviet Union did? Or has there been a culture change in Washington that leads to this kind of behavior?
1: Well, I think there's been a cultural change in, in Washington. I think very few people have been willing to speak out against it. To put it in perspective, when they wanted to grant MFN to China, and give them these trade things, the argument was by many sides, and to be fair, they did have a legitimate argument. They said, if we grant these trade benefits to China, MFN and others, they will change. They will become like us, and we will trade with them, that hasn't worked. They have not become like us. They have become, in many respects, worse and and more powerful. So what I say to these people, times have changed. Maybe you could have argued 10, 15 years ago why you took XYZ company, Huawei, whatever, as a client. You cannot now, if you're concerned about the Catholic Church, the Protestant Church, if you're concerned about, it used to be the word genocide carried such a powerful connotation of we remember what the Nazis did. It, it, it's scary. It's frightening. Genocide against the, the Muslims. If you care about that, you can't represent China. You just can't do it. And Tibet, uh, in Tibet, what's taking place? Lhasa is no longer a Tibetan city. It's it's a it's a Chinese city that they have literally stripped the culture. So times have changed, but the times have changed for the worse and not for the best.
2: So a question I have, Congressman, is that your report urges, as Peter noted, to ban lobbying groups from representing the Chinese government and its interests. Now, you've mentioned a company like Huawei, which obviously is a monster from a global commerce standpoint. We talk about ByteDance, which owns TikTok. So how do you draw the line between the Chinese government and private corporations that happen to be based in China? Or is that a myth in and of itself? The idea that there is something that's disconnected from China?
1: It is, it is a myth. Uh, there's a CCP operation in every uh, company. Huawei is an arm of the Chinese government, the Communist Party. Uh, the Chinese people are wonderful people. Believe me, I, I could have gone on to tell you how the Confucius Institute is spying on Chinese people here. The pressure against the Chinese, they're afraid to speak out. So this is not criticism of the Chinese people. It's criticism of the Chinese Communist Party. But they they are, they are in all these TikTok TikTok, what TikTok is doing to our young people? TikTok is an operation of the Chinese government. They say they're independent, but they will do nothing unless they get the approval of the Chinese government. So there is a distinction without a difference.
0: So on this question of lobbying, uh, you served in Congress. Uh, You have former colleagues uh, that have gone on to do lobbying. And my view has always been, by the way, that American citizens and companies we have a constitutional right to petition our government. I don't think that extends to the Chinese government. But let me ask you a question. How effective is it? What benefit are these lobbyists, particularly former members of Congress? We charted 23 former senators and congressmen from both political parties who are lobbying on behalf of Chinese companies that are linked to the military industrial complex. Does that work? Is that effective? If you're a sitting member of Congress and a former colleague or uh, somebody that you knew well is now coming in and representing a Chinese com- company, is that effective? Does this really help these Chinese companies that much?
1: Yes, it does. And that's why they hire them. And that's why they pay so much money. It is very effective for the Chinese government and very effective for the different companies that are basically controlled. So yes, they get their money's worth. It makes a big difference.
2: I guess if we're looking for a charitable frame, um, we've previously reported how there's actually as many former members of Congress who work as lobbyists today as there are actual members of Congress. So there's over 500 former members of Congress that serve as lobbyists. So maybe the fact that only 23 of them have represented (laughs) entities connected to the Chinese military industrial complex that's a a positive, right? That that All morality – Is not lost. To Peter's point, though, is that something that you because you were in Congress for 35 years and we've talked about how dramatically Washington, D.C. changed in that time, how it went from a sleepy government town, as Peter Schweitzer would say, to now it's a big city with big business. Seven of the 10 wealthiest counties in the United States surround Washington, D.C. So I guess would you connect how Washington, D.C. has become wealthier to this mindset of being willing to take money from whomever it is? Uh, even if it means lobbying on behalf of America's greatest threat?
1: I don't know that I would go that far. And, and I'm not questioning the integrity of these people, because as I said, at the time, they would say, Wolf, you're wrong, they're going to change. And there was they had a legitimate argument. They did, because there is some, by trading with people, you can bring things around. It just has, hasn't worked. So now they, they have to be banned. Secondly, this is only a ban on law firms and lobby firms that are lobbying for China. We're not affecting somebody that lobbies for, for Ireland or for England or for France or for where we're, we're, we don't go there. We just say China, China is the one that's committing genocide. China is the one that is a direct mil- military threat. You can't pick up the paper today without an article about, about China, China against the Tibetans, China against the Catholic church, China against the Protestant church, China against the Uyghurs, genocide against the Uyghurs. So, it, the, the the report, we stipulate not every lobbyist in town is bad, not every law firm is bad. For China, though, they are and they must stop.
0: So let me ask you about something we have uh, focused on here at GAI, and it doesn't fit the, obviously the definition of lobbying, but the concern of this Chinese strategy called elite capture. And the strategy, I think, is pretty genius. It's, you know, we're going to cultivate commercial ties with political and business elites, and they're going to become kind of embedded to the interests of encouraging the sorts of things that China wants to see happen. Again, it's a bipartisan problem. I would certainly cite the Bidens as an example. There are Republicans you could cite as well. How much of a concern would you have personally with people either in the private sector, meaning Silicon Valley and Wall Street, uh, but also people in elected office or, you know, uh, appointed office in Washington, D.C., having commercial ties with China to the extent that it is influencing their decisions and leading them to shy away from wanting to confront China on the issues you've raised because they have a commercial stake in the status quo continuing.
1: Well, I think it's a big problem. It's once somebody has a commercial stake, uh, plus there's a certain fear. Uh, Look at, and I'm trying to pick, not mention names, but you see corporate people flying off to a meeting with President Xi. At the very time the genocide is taking place. Uh, So, yeah, I'm very, very concerned about it. Uh, You know, there's the old Simon of Garfunkel song. Man, hears what he wants. I think it's a... The boxer. Man hears what he wants to hear and disregards the rest. People disregard that. Well, you know, they're gonna change. They're gonna be they're not changing. They are a direct threat. I have seen the direct threat myself. I they are a direct threat. They're a direct threat to our children, our military. They're a direct threat, and you can't you can't hide it anymore. Maybe five years ago or ten years ago you could have said, Well, you know, Wolf, you're overreacting, don't you? No longer. We can see it now. So yes, I'm very, very concerned. But the beginning of it is to have an absolute complete total ban of any law firm and they're big ones. They're big ones. Any lobby firm that represents the CCP party and its interests in China, period. So that would break the back almost. That would break the back. And again, I have not criticized any individuals. Some are my friends actually. I know some of them. I like them. And you can we all rationalize what, but now it's changed. Genocide. I mean, I, 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 I know some Uyghurs, boy, the story's coming out, uh, the scenes of operating, operating a person, taking their kidney out or their heart without permission, obviously, and they're still alive. I, I heard a young woman talk about her father, and, and then she gets to see the body, and the body is sewn up, and it's over. That should stop. No lobbying period for anybody connected to the Chinese government.
2: What what would that do specifically? And like, why the ban on lobbying? Is it just like that's the place to start? And, and the reason why I ask is it seems like China is almost this untouchable behemoth because they literally operate on a different economy of scale. We've talked before about how when the NBA has traveled over there and they had the, the controversy with one of the general managers of a team and he said something about human rights abuses and basically – China penalized the NBA and took all their games off TV because they can. And the reality is, is that China has more English speaking basketball fans than the United States does. So, I mean, that's their economic might is so strong. So I guess rather than pursue something with the private companies that do so much business in China, but are based in the United States, why a lobbying ban? What, what does that accomplish in your mind?
1: Because they're the ones that advocate for them. When somebody comes out and makes a proposal, all of a sudden, they flood the hill and they go to this member or this senator and they say, don't. Do, and, and so you have to break the back of the lobbying. It just can't have this influence peddling. I mean, again, I'm holding my tongue back. I'm not trying to mention any, any, any names, but you see the, the amount of money coming in. Uh, uh, so I, maybe I have been in Washington too long, but I know the power, the power of the lobbyists for this interest. And the p- first place to begin is to to end that, because then there can be a free opportunity where people can come up. I mean, it's so clear to me that if you don't do this, it's going to get worse and worse and worse. And I'm grateful. Again, I stress bipartisan Republican and Democrat on the USERF commission. USERF speaks truth to power. And, and, we cannot stand by. I cannot stand by and watch a, 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 a Uyghur take, taken away and and, and and terrible things happen to them. I can't stand by to see Cardinal, cardinal Zen is a 90-year-old Catholic Cardinal. Do you, do you know what it means to put a man in jail 90 years old? It's a death sentence. I I've been to Hong Kong. You remember the, the Tinnemus Square statue? That's gone now. It's changing. The world is changing. And so For those who are representing, I say, God bless you. Maybe it was a good thing at the beginning. Times have changed. They should be banned. Drop them as a client.
0: Well, Congressman, I agree with you, and I applaud the call for a ban on lobbying, and I completely understand why uh, you don't want to necessarily name names. We certainly have in our books, and you are absolutely right. It's a bipartisan problem. We highlighted the fact that, for example, former Speaker John Boehner works for Squire Patton Boggs. They are actually the foreign registered agent for the Chinese embassy. Senators Tim Hutchison, Republican of uh, Arkansas, um, representative Albert Wynn, Democrat from Maryland. Uh, They are lobbyists um, and represent Alibaba, which is the sort of Amazon of China. But uh, they also are part of the Chinese military industrial complex. Ed Royce, former congressman from California who, I've admired some of the things that he did in office. The former uh, chairman of the House Foreign Affairs Committee. He actually represents 10 cents, or has represented 10 cents. Former senators Trent Lott of Mississippi, Republican; John Bro, Democrat of Louisiana. They have represented ByteDance, which of course operates TikTok. You can look at Senators Norm Coleman, Republican uh, of uh, former Republican of Minnesota lobbied on behalf of ZTE Corporation, which is a military-linked Chinese telecom firm. You can look at Huawei, which has been represented by former Congressman Democrat Don Bonker of Washington State. The list goes on and on and on. And I'm certainly not asking you to comment on those individuals individually, but it's pretty clear the Chinese strategy is we're going to pick high-profile officials that were widely respected, Uh, And we're going to, in a sense, draft off of their reputation. I mean, John Boehner has his critics, but he was the Speaker of the House. This was the senior position. Ed Royce was the chairman of a committee. Uh, You can look at, um, you know, some of the Democrats. Don Bonker who had been in Congress for decades. So they draft off of the reputation of these individuals. And I think you're quite right. You can make the argument 25 years ago Hey, China will become more like us. Let's do more trade. Let's engage in more commerce. They will become more like us because
2: it was a new initiative. We just didn't have the evidence to suggest exactly. it wasn't going to work. Okay.
0: It was it was a theory and it was a plausible argument you could make. But but I would argue today, as opposed to twenty five years ago, and I'd be interested in your comments on this, Congressman. I would argue that China is more repressive, more closed, more aggressive, more bold towards the United States now than they were 25 years ago. And in fact, the opposite has happened in what a lot of these people predicted.
1: Well, I agree with you. And, and I have not mentioned names, but I do want to say you're exactly right on Squires, patent Patton, Patton Uh One time I was heading to China. We had a difficult time to get our visa back and forth and back and back and forth. Uh, finally, uh, it was canceled. The, the Chinese ambassador came out and, and met me at Dulles Air Airport with the other member. And, and said, no funny business. The very thought that he could have called Squires Pat and Boggs and gotten a briefing on who I was and what I did and everything else. I, you're, you're exactly right. What I, what, what, what I say is some of these people are good people. I like them. They're friends. Times have changed. And we they are a direct threat to the national security of our nation. They are a direct threat to our country if there is a war in with regard to taiwan they will be a direct threat to the to the american uh, military they they were a direct threat to those who had COVID. over a million people died and they there are no cooperation uh, i have been in chinese prisons i have seen what it is a direct threat they were making flowers and socks for export to the west and do you know who was, who was making them they were tinima square demonstrators it is a direct threat to the protestant church if you care deeply about the Catholic Cardinal, and I do, I've adopted him, the Catholic Church, you will not allow this to take. So I'm trying to say, hey, guys, what you did at the beginning, I can't judge because you may have been right, and I hope and I wish you had been right. But now I think it's not. So respectfully, I ask you you drop them. But I also ask the Congress to have a total and complete ban. For the good of our country, we need to do this. We cannot continue the way we're doing.
0: Well, we've been joined in this interview by Congressman Frank Wolf. He served for uh, decades uh, in the House of Representatives, a longtime champion of human rights and religious freedom. And he's part of this initiative now to ban lobbying in Washington, D.C., by any entity connected to China. I think it's a terrific initiative. I thank you for your bold effort stepping forward. Eric, your final thoughts? Well, I just
2: have one last question for Congressman Wolf. Uh, you obviously wor- worked on the Hill for 35 years. You have to have incredible relationships there. What reaction have you gotten to this sentiment when you have brought this up?
1: Well, it just came out. You, you, re- report was just released last, last Monday. Uh, I don't go to the Hill and if I'm called for a meeting or asked for a question, but so I don't, I don't know. There's been a kind of a silence. The media has not covered it very well. This is almost one of the first or second things that I've seen covered. So I have gotten no reaction, and obviously, maybe, maybe some people will like it. Maybe some people will want. The point is that I'm not going to stand by and see what I'm seeing without saying something about it. And I'm very grateful to you, Surf. Again, I stress: Republicans and Democrats, liberals and conservatives, have taken this position because they have looked in depth to see in what is taking place to every single group in China and the Confucius Institutes. They track Chinese students. Chinese students on many American campuses live in fear. They had the police stations. So we need to change that. Almost the way—it's an overstatement, perhaps—but what have we allowed? Somebody in 1944 to – or 41 or 39 to represent Germany and the Nazis? No. And we can't allow what's taking place to allow the to represent China.
2: And you serve just – he keeps using that acronym. It's the United States Commission on International Religious Freedom. It's a bipartisan commission that has issued this report. And these are the new findings that has led to this call on lobbying. We, we thank you very much, Congressman Wolf. It's an excellent report. And you did a great job, I think, of spelling out what the stakes are. Thank you for being with us today.
1: Thank you, guys. I appreciate it very much.
2: Yes, thank
0: you for joining us. As he pointed out, as always, this is not a red issue or a blue issue. It's a green issue. It's about money, and it affects all levels of government on both sides. Well, you've joined us again for another episode of The Drill Down. We thank you for doing so. You can find this podcast and other reporting at thedrilldown.com, and you can find the podcast wherever fine podcasts are offered. Thanks for joining us. Until next time.